I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You were locked on at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. We did it, Isaac. Media day. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man. I'm so excited. It's just, yeah, we count down to media day every single offseason or for the past three offseasons. And now, bam, it's here. It's just it's literally is the first day of school. It's like having picture day on the very first day of school. Exactly it's like, like that. Except for orient- we don't take pictures. <laughs> yes, except we don't take <laughs> pictures. It's orientation. It's just it's so fun. Um, for the most part, you know, the players are cool. It's kind of annoying because they have to do so much. But uh, I mean, I talked to Jalen Brunson today as he was downing you know zucchini and salmon (laughs) and like me and him were just sitting there chatting about life and food and uh it's just the random things that interactions you have with people today uh on media day is uh is fun but as Mavs fans this is the most exciting thing because this is the first time we saw porzingis you know for the most part in a mavs jersey uh the new look porzingis the ivan drago porzingis and Mm. It's just, yeah, it just became, everything became more real. It's amazing. So today on the podcast, obviously, we're just going to dump all of the media day information, all of the talking points, all the stuff, and then at the end, you will hear from the man himself, Mm. the big one, Boban. Isaac had a one-on-one with Boban. We'll play it at the end of the podcast. So stick around for that for sure to hear Boban uh, have some interesting interesting quotes, interesting uh, interaction with J.J. Barea. <laughs> At the very beginning of the audio, he was yelling at JJ uh, because we were. Uh, I was talking with him before. Yeah, we were waiting on JJ to finish his session, and uh, so yeah, you can hear him and JJ kind of screaming at the beginning. But yeah, it's fun. It, it's just the last portion, small portion of the pod uh, because we kind of got cut off. But we talked about a lot of different things. Him and Cuban three point contest. Yeah. Whether he's gonna be a stretch five. Why he picked Dallas in the off season uh, because of one player on the team. I thought that was really cool that he singled this player out for a reason why he wanted to join Dallas. It was Isaiah and- Roby. Spoiler alert. <sighs> Why did you tell him? Sorry. <laughs> so, all right. If you haven't, which many of you have, uh, follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Nick Van Exit. That's me, at Locked on Mavs. That's us. And at Isaac L. Harris. ESPN's famous Isaac He'll L. Harris. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter if you haven't. Also, you can go bet on our board bets. It's the pinned tweet on the Locked on Mavs Twitter and go vote on the different board bets that we did. It's the podcast that we posted on Sunday. So you can go check that out. All right, Isaac. Let's just go. I have different notes player by player. Mm. And let's just go down the line. Let's start with Luka Doncic, the man, the myth. He said this is the longest summer he's ever had as far as an offseason. The longest summer he had before this, which was like five months for him, was one month. That was the longest summer he's ever had as far as being off from basketball. 
That was a that was a wild quote to me that I didn't think people talked about enough. That is crazy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't uh, really talk with anybody about that quote. But when you think about it, it does make sense. We talked about it uh, for like a few weeks ago. How last summer, you know, a lot of people made a big deal about uh, Luca being out of shape at the beginning of the season because Dallas let him have pretty much the summer off. And as far as like he had Real Madrid, and then you know he didn't play in summer league, but he's around the team. So then, yeah, he didn't like do a bunch of training heading into camp. So. Uh, it's cool, and I think it it obviously paid off coming into this camp. For sure. He said one thing that he really worked on this summer was his left hand, which I guess is interesting, but also good. <laughs> the thing is, if you're that good with one hand, you just kind of switch, and then you just work, work on the other one because the other one's just so good already. He also mentioned shooting is definitely something he has to work on. Uh, but I thought Luca was a little more candid this year. I thought he was a little bit more comfortable cracking some jokes just a little bit more. Um one thing Porzingis said that I think affected Luca as well is he said that the atmosphere is very European like. You know, him and mm. him and Luca both speak Spanish. JJ also speaks Spanish. I think Boban does as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have this atmosphere of a bunch of guys that have similar backgrounds, and I think it makes everybody more comfortable. Yeah, you even uh at the end of this podcast, uh Boban mentions about there's so many different languages that are spoken on the team. It 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 just helps communication a lot. There was a point today when Porzingis was talking to us at the podium, and and uh, KP said and he was sitting there mid sentence, and then he just paused. Yeah, he's and like, he looked down at his arm. He was trying to figure out what he was trying to say, and then and he literally is like, "I can't." Uh, and it was like kind of awkward at first. And he goes, "I can't think of the word." It was like and, he was a robot and he broke. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, and I know it, it really was, and he couldn't think of the word. But it, it's it. I, I can't. I, it's hard to articulate the language stuff if you don't speak other languages. My wife being from Brazil, Portuguese is her first language. English is her second. She speaks perfect English, but there's still times in which she asks me, what's the, you know, what's the English word for this? You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Or when she's around, she's trying to explain like her parents who speak primary Portuguese, how comfortable they are around people that speak Portuguese and how it's almost like two different people. So like when, I, if you're sitting back and you only speak English, you only have your whole life, you're like, is this language thing really that big of a deal? Like, people talk about this, yeah. like how it can help. It really does help. Like, it it really does help communication as far as just feeling comfortable in that. And the fact that so many people on the team speak different languages, a lot of them speak Spanish, it is huge. And I think it definitely helps chemistry-wise. Yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, a lot of people say that when you're supposed to learn a different language, you can't translate the other language to your original language language in your head it would just take too long so you have to learn it in that way and a good portion of our audience knows this way better than me uh but that was kind of the porzingis thing they kind of ran into it's like i just now now he's trying to translate and he's like oh i can't really figure out what the word is um lucas said uh, last season was one of the best years of his life playing in the nba and that really stuck out to me because there's some guys that you just see and Luca we we wondered a lot because he is always posting Instagrams about Real Madrid and you know his, his you know his friends still playing back there but I think he just loved the NBA and I think he just loves the idea of the NBA and you know he idolizes LeBron and other idolizes other players and it stuck out to me that he said it was one of the best years of my life even though it the season didn't go that well according to us but to him, just having those experiences and being part of the you know the best league in the world, not the second best league anymore, being part of that was was big for him and was the, the best years of his life. I thought that was interesting. That is really cool. Yeah, 
See that you're pulling quotes from some a part that I probably I wasn't even around um, when I was a part of Luca stuff. He was talking at a podium. Uh, there's also a whole different area of uh, Luca setting down with Coop and follow that I even got to see yet. So it's really cool to hear that portion that Luca would say something like that because yeah, we were in the same boat of is Luca really having fun right now? <laughs> like all the time. Uh, so yeah, it's cool to hear him say that. Yeah, we kind of split it up again this year since I wasn't at Media Day. I was watching the, the live stream, and Isaac was there with the, all the, the podium stuff. And so I got to watch a lot of these with the ones with uh, Followell and Coop. Um, Luca also said, I think I'm more excited to start than the fans, which I mm. thought was awesome. That was that was cool to hear. And then, of course, the famous quote, if I pass to KP, I'm going to get an assist when talking about the duo. It's just so great to see them interact. Uh, and we can start with some of the Porzingis stuff, too. But the duo, the buddy-buddiness of them, it's mm. real. Like, that's a real thing. The, the Dennis Smith Jr. stuff, he kind of, like, tr- moved from Dennis Smith Jr. being his buddy last year because that was a huge thing at Media Day, that they were buddies, they had played Fortnite together. And then now this year, it feels a little more real than last year, right? Uh, it definitely feels that way. I don't want to make assumption on Dennis and Luca's friendship, but yeah, I mean, obviously the the European Spanish you know connection that I mean, Porzingis mentioned that as far as like their duo and their background, you know, about him and Luca and just them their potential as a duo. And so yeah, I think that naturally allows them to have a more organic you know relationship from the very beginning. But yeah, I mean that's it's been happening. Their friendship has you know it started long before he got traded <clears throat> to Dallas. And uh, now that he's here, you know, as soon as a lot of the players came down the stairs uh, all together at first, and then they dispersed to different stations. Stuff, but we were all waiting on KP. He was like the last one down the stairs. Media and people were like, "All right, where is it?" Because we were most excited about hearing and seeing what does this new jacked up KP look like. <laughs> and finally, they finally got him. Finally came down the stairs, and then he. His first session was him and Luca taking pictures together. And it's cool because him and Luca took pictures together for a bunch of different stations because that's the new duo, you know? Like, And they're buddies. They're always having fun. They're joking with each other. Um, Porzingis is flexing next to Luca. Um, <laughs> and in every picture. <laughs> in every picture. Um, but, no, it, yeah, their, their friendship, you can tell, is, is the real deal. Yeah, it's super fun. So, all right, coming up next, let's talk about Porzingis, and then we'll get to the rest of the Mavericks on Media Day. All right, Isaac. So, yeah, Porzingis, you're talking about coming down the stairs. There's this three, basically three different sections of Media Day, I guess. There's the they come down the stairs to the practice facility, which is in the American Airlines Center, uh, and it's the practice facility you can see if you go to the the old Number Seven Club. You can actually see it out the window. And so they go down there, they get all these pictures taken with all these different stations. And then they have these stations in the hallway, which are like some NBA TV stuff with, with, you know, photos taken, different Mavs.com things, different um, Mavs, like in-game promotions and stuff. And then they have the actual press press conference room, which is where you see the the stuff that was streamed on on the ESPN app that I watched today. And then uh, obviously they had the stuff, the other stream with follow all and coop. So uh, KP said to follow on Coop that he definitely could have played in March and mm-hmm. that he wanted to play in March and that he uh, was held back by the Mavericks. None of that's new, right? March thing kind of felt earlier than we knew no, before. Yeah, I mean, he he was very clear. He was like, yeah, I was tempted to play at the end of last season. He said the last 15, I, mean, I think he threw around 15 to 20 games 
Uh, he said, man, he was really tempted and he wanted, you know, he wanted to play, but that was, uh, I wouldn't say it was a full Mavs thing. I think it was just a full both camp thing that that was the agreement when he came on board, uh, was for him not to play. But I think they're, yeah, him being so competitive, he wanted to play. I think the Dirk aspect too, um, wanting to get on the court with Dirk, you know, that meant a lot to him too, but, uh, ultimately he didn't. And now months down the road, he is fully healthy he started off his you know poor or i mean uh, rick carlisle started off his press conference at the very beginning he said the rehab is complete it's mm. done and that yes. was nice to hear um porzingis you know made that very clear at the beginning he feels 100 he's good to go he's in training camp doing all the scrimmages um Porz, i mean uh, carlisle did say that that first back-to-back, you know, they play in Tulsa uh, next Tuesday night. They play, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Whoever they play the very next night, uh, but it's away. Um, that that first, those first two preseason games are back-to-backs. That you know, Porzingis probably won't play in one of those. Uh, one of those he'll play in. The other Pistons. one he probably won't. At the Pistons okay. for the next one. At the Pistons, so he'll probably set out one of those. Um, he was asked about the you know load management thing, and this was one of the takeaways that I wanted to bring up. The quote load management for Porzingis very vague from Dallas. They didn't want to commit to anything. They didn't want to put a number on anything. Yeah. They didn't want to even say a, you know, Carlisle. the The most he did was hint around and say, "Hey, we're going to look at the back to backs at the beginning of the season." He said like that early- several different times. He said that in an interview with ESPN. He said that with Follow and Coop. He said that his presser. He said that several different times. That was a definite talking point that he had prepared for that question. For sure, and you even you even heard KP at one time at the podium say he started to answer a question. He goes, "Well, I, I'm not going to say anything with that. I don't want to like get in trouble with that. I don't want to you know <laughs> say something I'm I'm not supposed to with that." Yeah. So the, that's very clearly conversations they're having on how to address the media with that. There's obviously going to be plans in place for that, but I did like that Carlos said they're going to take a look at that early in the season. It very much could have been, hey, back-to-backs all year, we're probably just going to keep an eye on them, which we could have translated and said, all right, he's probably not going to play in any back-to-backs. But the fact that he said we're going to focus on the back-to-backs earlier in the season, it leaves out hope that if he does well the first half of the season, we might see second half of the season him playing in some back-to-backs. And that's something me and you both – Maybe not, didn't expect a ton, maybe. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because there's 13 back-to-backs, and we've mentioned that if he he plays, if he sits out of all those back-to-backs, that'd be 69 games he would play, and our over-under is 69 and a half for our board bets. So nice. that was the number that we we came up with. Um, Porzingis also talked a lot about you know, being welcomed into the Mavericks organization, talked about Dirk, which how it was a dream to, you know, to be teammates with Dirk. And he was glad that he was more, it felt like he was more glad that he got to play against Dirk than playing with Dirk. That was kind of the, the thing he really wanted to do mm-hmm. was play against Dirk, which is really the sign of a great player to me. Like Kobe always wanted to play against Michael Jordan, right? And you know, <laughs> Luca wanted to play against LeBron, like guys like that. They they want to play against their their idol and not you know necessarily with them. And so I just found that to be interesting. Uh, but he also mentioned how the atmosphere for the Mavericks was European like, and mm. um, it was very welcoming. He felt like he was supposed to be there. And he also said that Luca was the best player he's ever played with. He did say that, and we joked about that on the player. We should have put that on the bingo board, but the bingo board <laughs> almost got filled up. You can find that on. Uh, my Twitter and at Lockdown Maps, you can find that there. But it almost got filled up. We were close. I actually talked to a few media about that today, about the bingo board. So uh, it was, uh, yes, the bingo board was a thing uh, that 
a lot of people were filling out and it was super fun uh, to track that. But uh, Porzingis, man, the weight gain, the muscle gain, I tweeted this out, very real. Um, first up, and breaking news, I didn't pat it. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. I know, I just couldn't do it. Anyway, um, yeah, very visibly uh, more defined. Uh, I think <clears throat> more than his arms, his chest is bigger. Like, I mean, just his upper body strength, he looks so much bigger than before. I mean, it's just hard to um, – and it's weird just seeing him move around because I remember just briefly, you know what, three years ago just seeing him in New York and just the linkiness of him. And now he just – yeah, he, he just he just looks totally different now. He mentioned when he first came into the league, he was 223 pounds. And now, right now going into training camp, he's 242 pounds. Uh, that's a pretty good difference. You know, it's not saying that he gained 20 pounds of muscle in one offseason. I think some people took uh, that quote and, like, ran with it that way. But it's since he came into the league. But uh, 242, that, I mean, that's a, that's a good mark for him. And... Uh, from all I've heard, he's man. He he looks amazing in some of these scrimmages. So, um, yeah, the muscle gain is very real for. Let's Gabby. go! So excited. Anything else you have on Porzingis? Um, no, nothing more Porzingis. This just that I I can't express his excitement that he seemed to have, and he's just a genuinely nice like I, I watched him go to different stations. Some players would take pictures and they would just follow their person go to the next one. The t- I saw Porzingis literally, hey, what do you want me to do? You want me to turn a different angle? Go up and shake a lot of the photographer's hands Hey, th- and thanking them for being there. It's stuff like that that some listeners are like, okay, cool. I, I'm glad we're rooting for – like he was just really, really respectful. And different times that – I mean, I, I didn't talk to him like interview-wise today, but there were a few time, inter- small interactions, super nice. Like I just – he seems like a really nice guy, and he seems like he's super, super excited to get back playing. He loves getting his picture taken. That is for sure. And when, that, so loves loves getting loves flexing when he does it too. <laughs> he, yes, he, yes. He the gains are real though. His... You you admit you didn't pat it, but the gains are real. Oh, very real. Yes, gains are very very. It's real. not just yes. Photoshop. You got to see. I will say eyes. the Luke Lean Luca thing uh, might be a little overhyped. I don't think. From, I, don't, I didn't yeah. see that as much today. I saw maybe okay. some people posting that it could be a difference, but with the, with those pictures, sometimes the lighting can make you look thinner, and so it's. You know, you can't go on just pictures from one media day to another. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to Seth Curry. He said this this summer was the first time that he ever had, quote, a lot of options in free agency. And I thought that was significant because him and Boban, who, who you hear from at the end of the podcast, they both had options out there. They both had different places that they could go and different teams they could play for. And they decided to come to the Mavericks. They made that decision. DeLon Wright also... You know, made that decision in a different way. He was signing trade. But a lot of people say, oh, the Mavericks never get free agents. Like These guys came to the Mavericks, and I think that's significant, and I think we need to remember that that these guys made those decisions to come to play in Dallas. Yeah, they chose there. I mean, Seth uh, said in his press conference today that Dallas wasn't in the like driver's seat when going into free agency. It's not like they're in the lead or that's who he was targeting. And, uh, but it worked out, and I think it had a lot to do with it. He constantly referenced back to – his quote breakout season, the best season of his career, happened in Dallas, yeah. and he's familiar with the training staff. Even though it's a different roster now, uh, he talked about fitting alongside KP and Luca and being the shooter next to him. 
Luca talked about having uh, just a knockdown shooter like Seth alongside of him and how great that will be for the both of them. So I think, yeah, Seth wanting to come back to Dallas because I think it's, you know, he obviously excelled here before, but obviously money worked out too for him. And another quote that he had, uh, he said, tell my brother, thank him for helping change the, the NBA to allow more players like me to thrive in the NBA. I thought that was a great quote. That is pretty funny. <laughs> this is great. He's talking about how, you know, you know, kind of tweener combo guards are now thriving the NBA now. Guys that can just get a bucket. If you have a set skill in the NBA, you can thrive because coaches can figure out how to use them. Uh, and I just thought that was an interesting quote. But anything else about Seth? No, nothing more about Seth. All right, coming up next, we'll go through the rest of these players, and then you'll hear from the man, the big one, Boban. All right, Isaac, speaking of Boban, we officially got a measurement mm. without shoes, and we'll, we'll lump J.J. Barea into this conversation as well. Boban Marjanovic, without shoes, measured seven foot three and a half. That's wild. Gosh, that means with shoes, he's like seven four. Guys, I'm not gonna lie. I follow Boban a lot around <laughs> a lot today. Uh, he's just a fascinating human being, and I was just mesmerized just by his personality, and obviously just him being a massive individual. Um, yeah, he's obviously I, I followed him around until I I got him on the pod too, so that was fun. But um, seven foot three. I mean, yeah, he's just a massive individual. You shook his hand too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, is, what does it feel like? Uh, it felt like me when I grabbed my son's hand. <laughs> Except the and other way around. Is, yeah. yeah, and my son is like one. So <laughs> That's so good. Um, anything else about Boban today? We'll, you'll hear from him at the end of the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Anything, oh, gosh. I could go all day. We could have a whole Boban podcast. I would just have. say this. You can go listen to our Boban reaction <laughs> pod. Uh, Boban, uh, just in... <clears throat> what he's going to bring this team, Rick Carlisle said, ever since he walked into this facility six days ago, he was a breath of uh, a f- breath of fresh air. Yes, did I say it right? Fresh breath, no, breath of fresh air. Uh, he was a a breath <laughs> of fresh air. air. Freshener. Uh, and just his his personality, how fun he is. Yeah, uh, I love that Carlisle admitted that he watched some of him and Tobias on YouTube. I'm like, can you see Rick right now posted up at home in bed, like watching on his iPad? Yeah, on his iPad. (laughs) You know, he's an iPad with glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just how funny he is. He he just seems like just a good, genuine dude. We were uh, walking uh, alongside the court with each other, and uh, there was this guy all the way across the court. It's really hard to explain. Probably about. 30 40 yards away fell down like this uh, this photographer dude like slipped and fell and i didn't even like hear it i guess boban saw it out of the corner of his eye and boban stopped walking took a few steps and was like hey are you okay and was like checking on the dude asking somebody he reached, like, hey, could you he reached over 30 yards away and picked him up from where he was <laughs> and standing <picked> him up. <laughs> and like we were walking the opposite direction and then asked the asked this other person like you know hey are, are, are you sure that dude you know he's okay blah 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 and it was just a small example of like, man, this dude seems like a really like genuine dude. Like that, it was just a, a just a small example of that. But uh, he is literally going to be a blast to cover, a blast to cheer for. He's going to be a blast to watch on the court. Uh, I know the players are super excited for him, and yeah, he's just going to be awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to to watch Boban. 
JJ uh, Barea on the other end of the spectrum, measured in socks, semi unofficially because this is what he claims, according to Tim McMahon. Five foot ten, Isaac. Five foot ten. It's more realistic. It's more realistic. However, I don't think it is fully realistic. <laughs> Probably more like five nine. JJ Barea is also he's going to be limited in preseason. That's not really surprising to us. We knew that he was fully cleared, but we knew that the Mavericks would take it slow with him coming back. Um, I don't think we got a clear picture of JJ's, JJ's role, you know, with like Jalen Brunson and everything. This no, I think they're definitely going to. Um, ease him back into everything and I'm glad you brought this up because this was a talking point I want to bring up uh, Rick was asked very clearly by, by Brad Townsend about the starters and the fluid the fluid lineups fluid starting <laughs> and he was very quickly very quickly said hey yes if they're suited up there's no telling you know for the most part there's no telling who could be starting and he's like you know Luca and Porzingis they'll probably be starters he was just joking obviously but they're obviously going to be the starters but after that he says it's like up in the air I think there was a few times he referenced Delon Wright as a starter potentially stuff like that I think they're viewing him as that uh but this is something I want to bring up too he did say Delon Wright's dealing with a hamstring injury right now I think it's going to limit him moving forward in camp and I just want to throw this out there He's limited with the hamstring stuff. If he's not going to be fully healthy and rolling out there or even scrimmaging, J.J. Barea is going to take part in training camp but still limited and stuff. This lays out a stage for Jalen Brunson to come in and have an insane camp. Let's go. And I, I just like Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry. We obviously know about the Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic you know, relationship, friendship. Like they're, They seem like they're just hitting it off awesome this summer. And – if DeLon Wright is starting off camp, not playing, you know, not playing, he's nursing the injury, and somebody like a Brunson or Seth Curry steps up and just kills it in camp, it could just make things even more fluid. We we don't know, so that's just a small thing that I would I would just watch out for. For sure, definitely the uh, the hamstring issue with DeLon Wright didn't seem major, didn't seem like a major thing, but it sh- it will limit him the first three to four days of training camp. Training camp is five days, six days, something like that, um, and it kind of interlocks with the uh with the preseason games as well and so he's gonna be limited in those days of training camp and uh anything on delon Wright? i didn't have anything else besides the, the hamstring situation no i didn't i didn't spend any time with him today and um yeah he didn't get talked about a ton i mean i rick praised him a lot uh and and uh, luca praised him in one of the questions that uh, he got during his uh podium time in which you know Delon put up like a couple triple doubles on him, and he just talked about what he liked about Delon Wright and stuff. But I think they do view him as a starter, uh, not the starting point guard, because uh, Rick Carl made that very, very clear. <laughs> Luka Doncic is the starting point guard. That is what they call yeah. him, what they reference him as. Uh, Porzingis is the four man. That's what they uh, go with him as. So that's how they view that. How the pieces fit around them, we don't know. Tim Hardaway was asked about coming off the bench. Um, he joked around, and he wasn't really joking, but he said, hey, every player is lying to you if they say it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it matters. That was it good. matters if you start or not. I have, the, uh, he said, I have the quote. He said, look, it matters. If an NBA player says it doesn't matter, it matters. But at the same time, you have to pick your battles. Mm. So mm. I'm still in the camp that I think Tim Hardaway starts. Um We'll see. I think that's another thing in camp that we'll see uh, play out. But uh, Tim Hardaway did say that he's been watching tape on Michael Finley and how Michael Finley fit alongside Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki back in the day. He did fit. uh, Michael Finley did fit, Isaac. 
Yeah, so you never know. Tim Hardaway shooting for Michael Finley 2.0. What does Tim Hardaway Jr. do that Michael Finley did? He runs the floor. Yes. So, any other takeaways for media day? Because this is a really fun, positive, exciting day. Harrison Barnes compare uh, Donnie Nelson comparing Harrison Barnes to Michael Finley or Tim Hardaway Jr. comparing himself to Michael Finley. Which one do you buy more? <laughs> buy, or se- the, buy or sell? <laughs> can I go with the Tyson Chandler starter kit? <laughs> yeah, that's a lofty. That's a good goal. That's a good goal though for him to to want to be Finley and to watch Finley tape. Like that's a good if you. We're going to have somebody to watch for him. Michael Finley would be a really good one for him to watch. Yeah, yeah. That or Deshaun Stevenson or mm-hmm. – um, but, yeah, Michael Finley for sure. And Finley's in the front office and stuff, so that's cool. We also should mention that Tim Hardaway Jr. said he knows that he's not going to be shooting 15 times a game on this team. And it, it just seemed – that quote along with what pretty much everyone else said, Seth Curry talking about how he's there to support Porzingis and Luka, there's a direct hierarchy on this team right now. Everyone knows. I feel like a lot of players know their place as far as those two guys are the main, it's the main duo. And then everybody else is role players around them. And I think that was, that's good. I think that's positive going into the season. Yeah. And I'll say this real quick before we get to Boban. Arguably my favorite moment, favorite quote from the whole day was an impromptu quote from, from, uh, from Rick in which he was, he answered a question Brad Townsend started to ask another question. He's like, wait, 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 hold on real quick, Brad. I want to say this. And it was the moment in which he talked about the changing of the culture. And it just defined everything heading into the season. He said, he literally said, he's like, it's almost, it's scary not having Dirk around mm. to set this culture. It's scary to have that, to not have him there. He's like, but he said, what I've communicated to the guys, and in particular, Luca and KP, is you get to establish this new culture. You get to set the tone for what the Mavericks culture is going to be moving forward. It's on you guys. And I just thought that that was a a, a really, I don't know, a really a really t- telling thing uh, for, for Rick to put that, not really pressure, but just that it's... It's a, it's a mantle almost, to put that yeah. mantle onto these guys. And I, I think that... Uh, I heard somebody talking about the Miami trip. And yes, it did get mentioned. We checked it off the bingo box. Oh, yeah. But the Miami trip, they rescheduled that like two or three times, which to mm-hmm. me said that they definitely wanted to do that. And that's a culture setter. That is a, a thing where they definitely want to do that to meet outside of – it's like meeting outside of school, right? Like <laughs> you have your team. If you have a team that's going to be together for the entire semester, the entire year, uh, you want to meet outside of school in different in a different environment to get to know each other. Um and I just thought that it was very telling that they tried to do that more than once. And I think that that is them trying to set the tone and set the culture. And I think that, yeah, that's a good thing that, that you pointed out. And uh, it's it, cool it, that they get to, to to dictate it like that. Yeah, and it's just – it's a whole different – I was talking to Justin Jackson today and asked him about the change of this team. And he's like, it's just a different feel. We had to pay our respects basically to Dirk. And, like, we honored him. And he gets – you know, he deserved every bit of it and more. He said, like, now it's a, it's a different feel to this team. And Tim Hardaway, I think, said it best when he was talking about the Miami trip. He goes, we are starting to form an identity around these two guys. Talking about Luka and KP. 
And this identity and this culture is going to be set by this duo in Luca and KP. And they know that, Luca and KP, their teammates know that, and the organization knows that. And the fact that they're already all on the same page of that, I think that could be the beginning of something special. Let's go. I'm so excited. If you're not amped after today, I don't know what to tell you. I know. I don't know what to tell you. Also, oh, another thing talking about the culture, Justin Jackson said that We've had two weeks where everyone is here. So the Mavericks have been back for two weeks scrimmaging and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that you've been seeing, you don't see a lot of it on Instagram, but it's been happening. For two for two weeks, people have been here scrimmaging, and uh, I thought that was very positive. Another culture-setting thing where they've been back and they've been playing together. Uh, so it's not it's not mandatory stuff like the NBA can't dictate because of the um, you know, players association, the agreement and everything, but they've been back. They've been playing together. The culture is being set by Luca and Porzingis. And Boban, a great culture setter, which, okay, I'm going to make this point, and then we'll go to Boban. The Mavericks have slowly, slowly but surely, replaced what Dirk brought to this team. Dirk brought so much to this team. I just did a video for Free Dawkins about what Luka could do to replace Dirk or overtake Dirk as the greatest Maverick. And a lot of people said, you know, titles. A lot of people said MVPs, championships, all that stuff. Finals MVPs. But one thing that other people said was he has to have humor. He has to, you know, stay here for 21 years, have the loyalty, the commitment. It's the aesthetic things, the the extra stuff that Dirk does off the court. And the Mavericks have slowly replaced all the things that Dirk brought to the, t- to the table. With Porzingis, they replaced his talent. They replaced, you know, an up-and-coming superstar with, with Porzingis. They have replaced his personality with Boban because Boban is that fun-loving you know, you know, keep things light, make jokes, you know, that culture setting kind of guy. And they've replaced the German big man from Wurzburg with Maxi. <laughs> All three things that Dirk brought with these guys. Uh, whether it was intentional or not, the Mavericks have done that. And I think that that is to be commended for sure. And so let's hear from him. Let's hear from the personality himself, uh, the culture setter, Boban Marjanovic, with our very own Isaac. Boban! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my rebound. <laughs> when when was the first time you met JJ? <laughs> or how long have you known JJ? I like personally uh, like I was talking the games, but of course I know him like long like before like when I started to play a long time ago. But first time officially met we met. Yeah. You've been practicing, or I seen some pictures the other day. Steve took some pictures of y'all scrimmaging and stuff in the practice court. What's, what's those scrimmages been like? It was nice. It was nice. We have we have great, uh, like great team, great players. You know, like you see, we see how we see how everybody uh, have fun together, and uh, when you when you have that smile on the face, you know, you can you can you can be good and good and good, and like this is like this is like how how they make you, how they make team special. Does that build team chemistry between you guys that we could see translate on the court? Of course, I think you know we, we everybody have guys who like we speak like so many different languages, and like we everybody understand each other on the court what what they want to say, and this is like much important to see this is this is this is how sports team do and uh, in a tough moment we need to find solution and this is like because we need we like we do great job with the great guys you can do that easier. So going back to free agency. You had, I'm sure you had different, all kinds of options. What made Dallas stand out to you? 
I, f- I feel like it's a great, great place for me, great place to be. Uh, and uh, like, uh, of course, Luca is, Luca is here. I know, you know, I know him. Like when he was, he was really kid and play, play basketball. He was amazing, and uh, he's still amazing. He's still good, and he's better and better, and he surprised us with all great, all great stuff. And uh, like, it's. It's just energy, I say. It's energy. I love, love to be. I love to be here. You know, so far I really enjoy it. just walking, practice facility, and say, Oof, I love this. <laughs> and this is this is this is how everything starts for me. What about Cuban? You had any conversations with Cuban yet? Yeah, we have, of course, we meet when I sign and when I, when I, when I find out to come here. And uh, I know we shoot before the game. I shoot with him a couple shots every time I play for an opponent team. He's shooting here. Before we, I'm first every time here, and we shoot a couple shots. We have some mini competition. Who's, who's the better shooter, you or him? Uh, to be honest, he don't miss. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. I basically I watch all his warm up one once practice. I think uh, I played for Philly that time, and, uh, and he didn't miss. Like he really didn't miss three. I was like, wow. He like, he like you know, like you have shooters in NBA who is like really like you know, made, but he didn't miss the three point NBA three point line. And I have competition with him, and we have like three three. And he said, "Let's go stop." I said, "Better to stop because I will miss." <laughs> <laughs> So your relationship with KP, you obviously you talked about Luca coming here. Luca's awesome. How long have you known KP before this? Uh, I met uh, because uh, he's Latvian, and that time it was San Antonio. It was David Davis Bertens, and they know each other, and uh, they invite me on dinner in that time. And he arrived, he arrived in uh, in uh, United States. I think I when he played in San Antonio, I met, I met him that time on dinner, and uh, from that time I know him. It's like five years so far. How scared do you think that duo can be in the league? I think, like you know, like with the with the the guys who like who look like that and uh, and move like that and can shoot every single ball and like you know like with uh, with all that all that uh, strength strength what we have and what we do in weight room and I think it's be it's be amazing you know like it's uh, it's a uh, Dallas Twin Tower. <laughs> You uh, you shot ten threes last year. Are you I a, shot ten threes. Yeah. Are, are you eight? Are you like a stretch five now? Uh, yeah, I can stretch when it stretch so good. I'm stretch five. But my goal to be under the under the basket. But of course, I can I can make three point three point shot, and uh, I know I can do that. But you know, like I do. I so will, you can do I'll, it. You just choose not to. No, no. I will do what is what I'm best in that. You know, like I don't want I don't want to mess around because the other guys it's. It's much better in that, but you know, like I, I know I'm, I'm the best under the rim. You've been in Texas how long? A week? A uh, week so far. Week so far. Week so far. What has been? You moved from? Where'd you move from? Uh, I was in Texas first year. Okay. I was playing for San Antonio. I was first Texas. I moved from uh, I from from Philadelphia. So did you? In while you're in Philly, did you miss Texas? But I miss Texas. I, miss, I, I have great experience here. I have great experience in Texas. When I say here, I say in Texas. I had a great experience. This is my first NBA team and uh, and my first uh, state, and I really have great experience with the people, with the uh, with the food. Sometimes food is too much, but you know, like if you can eat whatever you want, like it's not. It's <laughs> Dallas weather or Philly weather? Which one? Da- I was I was in a weather. I was in a Philly weather when it was like super nice. Like okay. it, it just one time it was snowing, and it was like a little bit cold, but it's like it's, it was nice. Right. Say some nice I will. I appreciate I, it. I, I already say something. JJ is the best. I, lo- I love him so much. <laughs>